Hello there Swifties, welcome to Secret Session. This is our first episode and we're gonna talk about Carolina. Carolina was released on June 24th of 2022 as part of the soundtrack of the movie Where the Crowdads Sing, which is an adaptation of the book of the same title. Um, before we begin, uh, two disclaimers. First, we wanted to point out that we know that there's controversy around the author's past and we do not in any way support it. The second disclaimer is that there will be spoilers. We tried to think about this episode without spoilers, but we think that uh, to fully appreciate Taylor's songwriting, the spoilers are highly necessary, so we're sorry. <laughs> And we will warn you when we're going to that spoiler zone so you can skip ahead and listen to the rest of the episode without any spoilers. So Taylor wrote this song while she was writing her eighth studio album Folklore and then recorded it in one take, playing all the instruments that were available before 1953, so before the story takes place in the book. On the day of the song's release, Taylor said something about it on an Instagram post, and it said About a year and a half ago, I wrote a song about the story of the girl who always lived on the outside, looking in. The juxtaposition of her loneliness and her independence, her curiosity and fear all tangled up, her persistent gentleness and the world's betrayal of it. So, the book explores the story of Kaya, which is called The Marsh Girl, and she lives by herself in North Carolina. And the story takes place in two different timelines. The first one starts in 1952, and the second one is centered around the murder of Chase Andrews around 1969. So Kaya uh, lives by herself, as we said, in the marsh near Barclay Cove, uh, which is a small town. Her mother left her uh, when she turned seven and never came back. The only people who were present throughout her life were Jumpin', the man who sells fuel for her boat, his wife Mabel, and her two eventual lovers, Tate Walker and Chase Andrews. So this song begins with the word Carolina. Uh, so it's not a person, but it's the state of North Carolina where Kaya lives. And the first line that says, Oh Carolina creeks are running through my veins, gives this image of Carolina being alive and being part of Kaya herself. And Carolina is the only person we can say or think that never actually left Kaya nor betrayed her. So then we have Lost I Was Born, Lonesome I Came, Lonesome I'll Always Stay. Um, so basically Kaya has always felt lonely and lost since the moment she was born. This feeling of loneliness was caused by the behavior of her loved ones towards her. The first one to leave was her mother, as we said, who didn't even say goodbye, making Kaya think, at least at first, that she would come back eventually. The second one to leave her was her brother Jody, who felt like he couldn't stay home with his abusive father anymore. And the third one was her own father, who left her completely by herself at a very young age. When she was 14, Kaya became friends with Tate Walker and later they had a, they had a romantic relationship, which was the first real love Kaya had uh, experienced. 
but he too left Berkeley Cove to go to college. This time though, something was different because he promised he would come back to her, even though he never actually did. He did come back to Berkeley Cove, but he just never said goodbye to her, just like all the other family members in Kaya, in Kaya's life. His betrayal is what truly breaks Kaya's heart. So after his goodbye, his non-goodbye, you can say, she will isolate herself even more, coming to terms with her inevitable lonesomeness. In the next line, uh, Taylor says, Carolina knows why for years I roam. And Carolina here knows things about Kaya that no one else seems to know. Because while everybody in Barclay Cove talks about Kaya making up stories about her, the only one who really knows the reasons why Kaya is the way she is, is Carolina. And Carolina is this entity that watches and always protects and sees Kaya, like always and throughout her whole life. Um, then in the next line we have free as this bird, light as whispers and the birds are often mentioned in the book because they are um, Kaya's friends. She spends time feeding the birds and she gives them names and she, uh, she is free as them because she doesn't have to go to school or doing stuff like that so that makes her free even if she is actually alone and the mention of the birds could also allude to the fact that um, Tate and Kaya use an exchange of feathers as a love language and then she says light as whispers means that Kaya as always try to hide from authorities because she knew they would have uh, taken her with them and so she couldn't stay in the marsh any longer because of course she was a kid she was all by herself and it wasn't even safe for her but this means that she is continuously escaping and she has become quick and silent so she is actually light as whispers and also the whispers could be the rumors that the people of Berkeley Cove spread so we can go on with the next line yes so then we have the part of her repeating you didn't see me here no they never did see me here this is a bit harder for the people who didn't read the book but we <laughs> you know, read the book, so we can talk about that. Uh, I think there's gonna be a little bit of spoilers in this part, but we'll try to keep the spoilers off for a minute. So, as, as we said in the beginning of the episode, in 1969, uh, Chase Andrews is killed. Um, the police assume it's a murder because of the evidence and the crime scene being a little too... <laughs> Uh, we can say clean. Um, so Chase, who he is, Chase Andrews, he was involved in a romantic relationship with Kaya when she was, I think, 18. Maybe? Yes, because yeah. they has, had already left town. So. Yeah, so he was a, a little bit older, I think. Yes. So, um, 
he was involved in a romantic relationship with her but he kept it uh, pretty secret obviously because people wouldn't have approved and he was also in another relationship back in, in town where Kaya couldn't really see the other woman um, so when his body was found there was some evidence that um, his, his, uh, his death was not a tragic fall um, but a cold-blooded murder so for instance he wasn't wearing the shell necklace that he always wore and uh, we find out in the book that the, the necklace was a gift from Kaya herself so this made her basically the suspect number one for the murder also at the trial some people testify that they had seen her near the crime scene on the night of Chase's death so the you didn't see me here could be um, about this bit I mean they said at the trial that they saw her but here she's saying that they never really did see her uh, the repetition of these two verses could mean two things basically one that the people testifying never physically saw her that night but that they made it up to blame someone as they had done in the past and uh, the second thing could be um, about Kai herself because you know she's the perfect scapegoat and the she's the marsh girl the this wild child half animal who lived by herself and the people used to make up things about her she's sort of legendary in Berkeley Cove this is because they never really saw her they never understood nor helped her even if she was so young so the never saw me part could be about the both in the physical and in the uh, general sense of you know understanding um, so this is gonna be a spoiler <laughs> uh, so if you want to skip ahead you can do so here um, so at the end of the book we understand that they did see her that night uh, at least in the physical sense in fact at the end of the book it's revealed that she was indeed the one who murdered Chase and she was indeed <laughs> at the crime scene that night. Then we have the chorus and it goes and she's in my dream into the mist into the clouds don't leave I make a fist I make it count and there are places I will never ever go and things that only Carolina will ever know. So this is a bit complicated because we have this interpretation which can be I I don't know. A we bit think tricky it, to yes. explain yeah. So in this part, Taylor sings in two different tones so that we have um, Into the Mist, Into the Clouds sang in a lower tone and parts like Don't Leave sang in a higher tone. So we thought that this alternation could mean that there are two different parts of Kaya that are actually talking in the chorus. So the one that sings a high and desperate tone could be a younger Kaya and the other one, really mysterious, could be a grown-up Kaya. So she is in my dreams. Who is she? She could be Kaya's mother. We know and we said it already that her mother lives in the first chapter of the book 
And the fact that her mother never told her that she was leaving, but just left like that, uh, left in Kaya a hope that she will eventually come back. So the younger Kaya still thinks that, but the older Kaya gives up on this hope. But um, her mother's presence will always be there. And then we have this don't leave which is desperate, sang by a younger Kaya, begging the other people to to stay with her and to, yeah, to stay basically. So basically, Kaya does the one thing she couldn't do in real life in her dreams. While she dreams of her mother leaving, she begs her to stay. And um, this could apply not only to her mother, but to the other family members who left her, because at the start of the book, Kaya is very young, she doesn't really understand what's going on. She doesn't understand that her family is leaving her alone. Not even when she's completely alone, she doesn't really like have a realization. Not uh, immediately at least. She dreams of begging the people who left her to just stay. And then we have the lower song lyrics. and where Kaya talks about the mist and the clouds. Uh, the mist is mentioned in the book in the chapter 13, oddly enough. And um, we said that Kaya and Tate exchanged feathers. And one day Kaya finds a feather that it's from a blue heron. And she describes the color of the feather as quote, the color of the gray mist reflecting in blue water, unquote. So we know that it's Kaya's nature to describe things with colors she knows from Carolina itself. Then we have the lyric, I make a fist, I make it count. And it could be hard to understand if you haven't read the book, but personally, also if you have. And it, it actually comes from something that Kaya says she has learned from her father. Man had to have the last punch, which is a fist. And it means that in her society, which is also our society, uh, men always want to have the last word. But here Kaya switches it around because she says that she will fight for herself and against the people who don't believe her and that rejected her from the society and spoiler alert so skip ahead she finally makes it count when she kills chase uh, carolina is the only one who knows kaya and their deepest secrets and she knows everything that the people from barclay cove actually ignore especially she knows kaya is guilty of chase's murder and the thing about carolina is that she can talk so she will keep her secret safe yes exactly so then we have and things that only carolina will ever know Going back to And There Are Places I Will Never Ever Go, this is sung by uh, a younger Kaya. Um, basically, um, when she was younger, she couldn't imagine herself away from the marsh, away from her shack, her family home. So she kind of accepts the fact that she won't ever leave, not even for school, which she did try to attend, but really it ended miserably because the other kids bullied her. Um, things change when she grows up and 
she starts spreading her knowledge of the marsh with the world. Um, she writes several uh, books on nature, uh, about shells and birds and stuff. <laughs> and uh, she leaves from, for Greenville, which is a town near uh, Barclay Cove, uh, to meet with her publisher. And uh, so she kind of leaves and she goes places but uh, we, we can say she goes places both both physically and uh, in her career she she's su successful despite her complicated past and then we have the second verse which begins with Carolina stains on the dress she left she is once again um, Kaya's mother and after she left Kaya found in her closet a dress and she tried to wear it when she was younger and then she wears it again when she's older and this dress is stained because it has blood stains on it and these blood stains were actually the result of Kaya's father eating her mother and abusing her and the imagery of a stained dress is not new in Taylor's discography because it's also in the song Clean from the album 1989 with the lyric You're still all over me like a wine stained dress I can't wear anymore. Then we have the inedible scars, pivotal marks. Um, we can say that the scars and the marks could also be the physical signs that Kaya's father left on her mother uh, but we read also that her brother Jody um, had a scar given by his father which Kaya recognized uh, once she spoiler alert she sees her brother again when she's older and then we have blue has the life she fled we have the color blue here and this word could refer to a couple different things. The first one is the dress, but we actually know that in the book the dress has flowers on it and it's not blue. We have a blue dress somewhere and it's in the Out of the Roots <laughs> music video. We know that it's probably not related to this, but we like to think it is. Anyway, back to where the credits sing. We could also think that blue is a reference to the marks, so the bruises, which are actually blue, that her mother had. And it's interesting that blue was the color of the, um, of the suitcase that Kaya's mom was carrying when she left. And it was the suitcase that she used when, quote, she was going somewhere big. So um, Kaya knew that she was leaving for a long time. She didn't think that she would live forever. And we also have this description of Kaya uh, seeing her mother leaving. And she said that the color blue uh, of the suitcase was so wrong for the woods and the woods are the places where she last sees her mother. Um, we know that in our discography uh, Taylor has often used the color blue to convey sadness and we have a couple of lyrics to to give you some examples. So the first one is from the song Red. Losing him was blue like I'd never known. 
Then we have from Lover, My Heart's Been Borrowed and Yours Has Been Blue. And then lastly from Peace, Don't Want No Other Shade of Blue, But You No Other Sadness in the World Would Do. So blue means sadness and Kaya's mother had a blue life, meaning that her life was sad and the only solution was to leave that place and try to find a better life somewhere else. Yeah, to start again. Yes. To begin. To begin again. <laughs> so, then we have Carolina Pines, Won't You Cover Me, Had Me Like Robes Down the Back Road, Muddy These Webs We Weave. Uh, this is another part that is kind of hard to explain, so <laughs> we, we will try our best. Uh, so Carolina is once again brought here uh, to life. Kaya asks her to cover her with pines uh, to protect her from the outside. The word ropes, I think, is actually an interesting choice on Taylor's part. Um, I personally uh, visualize something like royalty when I think about robes, like the robes a king or a queen would wear on a throne. So it's very weird that she chose to put this word down in a context of like back roads and muddy pines. Um, I think this is our way of saying that Kaya sees herself as the queen of the Carolina marshes, even though it is a dirty and ruthless queendom. Um, also there's this passage from chapter 7 of the book. Um, the quote is uh, Later she lay in her bed on the porch listening to the pines. She closed her eyes and then opened them wide. He had called her Han. So in the last sentence she's referring to her father uh, who for a very short amount of time is a kind of like a good person we can say. She, she goes fishing with him. He doesn't like abuses her. <laughs> <laughs> I guess it's a positive thing in this time of her life. Uh, so she recalls the memory of the pines, so she's bringing back a happy memory, one in which her father had called her uh, a sweet namesake, uh, which he had never done before. Also, spoiler alert, uh, in this verse Kaya is asking Carolina to hide her secret once more, by hiding her footprints on the murder scene with the night tide of the marsh waters. So, um, Won't You Cover Me is could be both Carolina protecting Kaya, kind of like a mother holding her daughter, but also protecting her from the from the penalty of death, I guess. Yes, actually covering her footprints. Yes. So, yes erasing the proofs and then we have these muddy webs um, I think they are the relationships that there are between Kaya and the people from her town including Tate and Chase uh, they could also be the lies that Kaya tells in order to survive in the marsh and that these lies keep piling up and they become muddy, messy here Something different happens because Taylor says muddy these webs we weave, so we have the pronoun we because maybe she is referring both to her and to Carolina's lies and we know that the marsh is described as a living and breathing creature 
so the marsh could make mistakes too and with these webs of lies and like we said before hiding the footprints and the dead body <laughs> okay so then we have again you didn't see me here which we already explained the chorus and then we have they never saw me before the the third verse um, something happens here which she has never done before in the song this time the word here is omitted this choice was made because of the fact that the people for Barclay Cove never considered her so they knew her situation they knew she was a young woman living alone in the marsh but they never did anything to help her they ignored her they gave her the name of Marsh Goal and then they found an easy way to accuse her of the murder of Chase again the the concept of uh, these people not understanding her not seeing her is brought again uh, up here but it's clear it's not a geological concept it's more of the understanding concept yes and then something interesting happens in the song because when I first listened to it and not only that time I had the feeling that the song was over but then it kept going and that's for me the exact same feeling you have while you're reading the book because you get to one point where you you're absolutely sure that the story is over but then there are a few last pages that unpack the whole story so I love this choice this musical choice and so we have Carolina knows why for years they've said that I was guilty of sin and sleeping on liar's bed um, so what's happening here there is a liar's bed and it could be Kaya's bed because she's a liar. Kind of a spoiler, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> this whole song is a spoiler. Uh, yeah. I mean, if you've made it this far, <laughs> you know what's gonna happen. Yeah. So. So, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, the, the liar's bed could also be Chase's bed because we know he was a liar too because he was hiding from Kaya that he had another relationship with another woman and he was also at the same time hiding from the world that he was having a relationship with Kaya too so yeah that's the second possibility then we have Tate's bad because he lied by omission because he never told uh, Kaya that he came back from college and he never told the jury of the trial that the red thread that they had found was actually from his hat Okay, so we are reaching the end of the book. So at the end of the book, a uh, big spoiler alert, uh, Kaya dies. She's 64 when she dies. And uh, Tate finds her lying on the beach after a day out in the marsh to collect samples. So we have these, um, but the sleeps come fast and I'll meet no ghosts. It's between me, the sand and the sea, Carolina knows. It's about this scene, this last scene in which we see Tate um, discovering her body. Um, she's in her boat 
um, kind of between the sand and the sea. Um, so the fact that she will meet no ghosts, we think means that she doesn't feel guilty at all for what she's done, because in her mind it had to be done. Chase, after all, we, we didn't say it, but he tried to abuse Kaya. She fought back, and that's why she has uh, like for a whole month she has this bruise on her cheek, and. She kind of wants revenge, of course, so she kills him to yeah, put it right, basically. This ghost theme, um, Taylor has already written about this in the song My Tears Ricochet, with the lyrics, you know I didn't want to have to haunt you, but what a ghostly scene. Um, so yeah, it's kind of something she had been writing about, when she was writing for Folklore. Um, I want to add that we said that the murder had to be done. Uh, it's from Kaya's perspective, of course. Yeah. We don't think <laughs> yeah, it had yeah, to yeah. be done, because it's wrong, but... Is so. it wrong, though? I mean... <laughs> yes, it is. Anyways, <laughs> the second to last lyric is It's between me, the sand and the sea. So, spoiler alert, once again. Um, <laughs> Uh, in the very last pages of the book, we found out that the shell necklace that Chase used to wear and that had disappeared from the crime scene was in Kaya's house. So she had taken the necklace from Chase after killing him. And so this is the proof that the reader needed to know for sure that she was guilty. Uh, we find it out because Tate, years after Kaya's death, discovers a box in her house and in this box there was the necklace and there was also a poem which was self-explanatory. To end the story once and for all, Tate decides to, to go to the beach near the shack and to drop the necklace in the water and there is a quote that's explanatory and it is for a second he stared at chase at chase's shell in his open palm and then dropped it on the sand looking the same as all the others it vanished the tide was coming in and the wave flowed over his feet taking with it hundreds of seashells back into the sea kaya had been of this land and of this water now they would take her back keep her secret deep so the only thing that could have really uncovered Kaya's secret disappears literally between the sand and the sea. Okay, so that was the whole lyrics. Yes. <laughs> that was a that was a trip. Yeah. <laughs> we kind of have a bonus analysis we like very much. Yes, so there are a lot of similarities between the song Carolina and the song The Outside from Taylor's debut album. That's one of my favorite songs. Taylor wrote it when she was 12. The Outside is about loneliness and about not fitting in and being rejected by society. In, in Taylor's case it was the rejection from people at their school and just like Taylor Kaya had a similar experience, so I get why um, while reading the book Taylor found a part of herself in the character of Kaya. 
And at the end of the book, we discovered that Kaya was a writer, that she used to write poems to find comfort. And that's interesting because that's basically the same thing that Taylor did with songs. These were interesting parallels. I mean, I kind of get it. I, I feel the comfort of writing stuff that Kaya found also in, in her poems. So if I ask you your favorite lyrics from this song, you would say? I would say it's between me, the sand and the sea, Carolina knows. I mean, when I first uh, listened to the song, this uh, last finale, it was amazing. It, it, was, it just blew my mind. And then after listening to Carolina for the first time, I um, kind of went into the book. I read the book and when you get to the last page which tells kind of like the whole book uh, the, the, the whole story of Kaya's killing Chase and stuff and then you go back to Carolina the, the song it you understand finally the, the last three lyrics I mean it's it's amazing it just blows your mind so that that is gonna be the my favorite lyrics and Alice, what's yours? <laughs> For me, it's at the beginning of the song and it's Lost I was born, lonesome I came, lonesome I'll always stay. I really don't know why, but it, it spoke to a part of me <laughs> that needed to listen to that. And so, yeah, it's beautifully written and I get it. <laughs> so, yeah. yeah, it really is. In the next episode, we'll begin analyzing the Cruel Summer trilogy. So you can follow us on Twitter at SecretSessionTS and on Instagram at SecretSessionPodcast. Thank you for listening. Bye!